0: Welcome to Peeling the Onion podcast with Cheryl Passwater and Nancy Campbell, where we have real conversations about what it takes to dive deep into the unique journey of healing. Health is not a win lose game. Join us and our amazing guests to explore the
1: layers of physical, mental, and spiritual health. So grab a drink, go for a walk, get cozy, and let's peel
0: the onion. Cheryl, Nancy. I have a bone to pick. I can't take it anymore.
1: Man, I love bone picking. I got, Let's do it.
0: I, I got to tell you, I am so freaking tired of the word healthy. Can we just stop using it already, please? Can everybody just stop using this generic, massive term that means nothing? I mean, healthy what? Healthy. I'm healthy. Aren't you healthy? Is your food healthy? I want to be healthy. Are we healthy? Let's stay healthy. It's not healthy. You're not being healthy. I just, it doesn't, it's sort of like, um, brilliant. Hmm. It's sort of like the words, um, amazing. I don't know. We're, those are wonderful words. Healthy is not a bad word. It just has gotten washed out. It doesn't seem to have much root anymore or I'm not sure it, it ever did. And one of the things I want us to work through today, and, and I hope you're game for it because like I'm really struggling here, is that I want us to get clearer on what healthy means. I want us to sort of think through before it comes flying out of our mouth, the phrase, I want to eat healthy. I want to make sure that we stay healthy. Like, What does that actually mean? And, and if we're going to be advocates for ourselves and for our children and even our our aging parents like how do we make it really clear what we need to do to stay healthy what healthy means for for my my individual body versus your your individual body mm-hmm. um, and so I mean do you, do you feel me do you see where I'm going here like I, I'm just so frustrated
1: yeah I feel you and I'm gonna I'm gonna add a bone to this bone fire ooh Bonafide fire. What are we calling this? I don't even know. But (laughs) it's a big fire. It's a big fire. We're torching it, baby, because (laughs) my, you know, I had a client this week and she's like, but the doctor said I'm fine. I'm healthy. Mm -hmm. But she's working with me. Why are you having all this stuff going on? And her labs came back. Are you? And I'm like, do you see this? Insulin resistance. Do you see this? Mm -hmm. You're anemic. Do you see this? Your thyroid's not working optimally. Fine. The word of you're fine. That's not thriving. It's not optimal. It's not a higher standard. It's not, do you feel great in your body? Right. And so right. yes, I'm with you. Like this this sense of healthy. So I did something just mm-hmm. now that I think okay. will be helpful to us because yes, I agree. And it's like we're both punishing the word healthy, and yet we're kind of like greenwashing the word healthy. All at yes. the same time, right? So I was yes. like, let's let's consult the dictionary. Why not? Oh, let's. Please. So, yeah, Merriam-Webster's dictionary has to tell mm-hmm. us about the adjective "healthy" <laughs> as a word. <laughs> Number one, enjoying good health.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Wait,
1: so that's, but that's like an action. You're enjoying good health. That's not actually yes. healthy in the terms of which of we use healthy. Okay, right. right. B not displaying clinical signs of disease
0: or infection. Mm. Mm. According to whom?
1: Right. Great great Mm. case in point. The client I just told you about where you didn't check their labs all the way and you only ran a TSH. And then when I run their full thyroid panel, guess what? Their thyroid Mm. is not working optimally, right? Just because we're going to wait for you to have a disease diagnosis for you to be not healthy. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? We're gonna wait nope. for you to be, you know, you're on the edge of diabetes and you're pre-diabetic, but we're not gonna flag you and tell you we're just gonna wait till you get
0: the diabetes. That's right.
1: And then, mm-hmm. oh, sorry, here we're gonna slap a bunch of insulin on you and here's a bunch of band-aids. Oh, makes me infuriated. Okay. <laughs> There's another one here. Beneficial mm-hmm. to one's physical, mental, or emotional state, conducive mm. or I'm sorry, conductive or associated with good health or risk,
0: reduced risk of disease. Cheryl, I can relate to this definition of healthy. I can see it as a starting point for the use of the word healthy. Like, is it beneficial? Do we feel good? Does it feel good in my body? Is this environment jiving with me? Is are these good practices or habits or things that I'm doing or not doing? Is that healthy for me? And I think you and I are, I, I want us to get down. to to the nuggets here and really pay attention to the words for me because what's healthy for me is not always going to be healthy for you. It's not going to be healthy for my kid and not healthy for my mom. And so I want us to, I want us to like bookmark that. So let's, let's keep going. Definition number three.
1: I mean, I want to make my own dictionary after this. (laughs) BDW. Okay. They're going to redefine this today. Um, Number three showing physical mental or emotional well-being evincing good health and Invi- evincing mm. not advancing not <laughs> 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 what the heck does that even mean but well
0: I- and, and, and the well the the here we go. Here's a quote that comes from Glamour that is listed in, in Webster. The best thing about a good sense of humor, of course, is that it, it's a sure sign that you have a healthy attitude. Always a, a refreshing check in the plus column.
1: Oh, sorry. Okay. I'm anyway. also going to argue though that it's like, you know what? It is healthy. It is good for us to navigate all our emotions <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, not everything is sunshine and peaches all the time. And like, yes, that's right. What's happening in your mind can be toxic. Your how your self talk is is can be toxic. It can also be amazing, right? That's why mm-hmm. it's like it's whole body wellness and it's mm-hmm. whole body everything. And for those of you who've been listening to our podcast for a long time, you know we're not for one size fits all
0: anything because it doesn't nope. freaking work. Like nope. truth bomb and s- doesn't work. Like, nope. And sometimes we we have to get mad. Sometimes we have to have a shitty attitude, like, in order for us to make a shift. I mean, I want to be honest, like, a good attitude according to whom? According to your boss who, who, like, doesn't want you to be upset about changes to your day-to-day work environment? You know, are you, <laughs> let's be honest here, like, are are, are most women in most environments a- allowed to have an, a, a bad attitude about something that they're, un, you know, unhappy about. So anyway, I, I, I digress. Balance. But yeah. There is balance. Right. right. Exactly. And so between you're speaking ahead. your truth and there's gaslighting.
1: Yes. <laughs> and they both exist. Thank you. And truth bomb. Yeah. And like that, you know, and I think that's the thing, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, when we look even at like the history of food. And this idea of like, and for those of you who don't know what greenwashing is, and just to like yeah. clarify, because I'm probably going to say greenwashing again at some point, greenwashing yeah. just means you're you're labeling something and you're making it sound like it's, quote unquote, healthier. It's cleaner. It's better for the environment. It's got labels, 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 labels slapped on it. But when you really do your research into that product, it is necess- not necessarily those things. I'm gonna use a great example because it is one of my biggest pet peeves that has mm. ever existed to this day. Now, I've been gluten- free for about sixteen years now. Mm-hmm. And I remember in my early days of going gluten- free. I would go to the store, I you know, go to whatever. And you know, I'm not a big believer in like just because you are gluten- free, like you should just go replace all the crappy products with more crappy products. Have some gluten-free bread on occasion. Pick some better options. But like, you know, I'm not saying like don't ever have a bagel. But again, balance. And I remember, you know, I would go to like pick something. But I remember the day I walked into the grocery store. I don't know. It was like maybe five years into my gluten-free journey. And there's Mm -hmm. corn tortilla chips, which are naturally gluten-free. And -hmm. what does it say? There's a sign. What does it say on the bag? corn tortilla chips, now gluten-free, right? Like <laughs> mm-hmm. this like sales conundrum. And I'm like, what? And of mm-hmm. course, you know, mark the price up an extra buck or two because mm-hmm. that's what they do. And, mm-hmm. you know, but this whole, the sales, right? Like that's the whole right. point. We are selling you on a thing. I can't mm-hmm. tell you how my people, you know, somebody the other day I had a client who is like, um, they got some, you know, more presented as, like, an eco-friendly, better-for-you, you you know, uh, cleaning products at, like, Target. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And they're like, look, I, like, upgraded my products. And I was like, oh, you so did not upgrade your products. And we had to have the whole conversation about, like, scents. And we had to have the whole conversation about, like, what, you know, what were the ingredients in this thing, you know? And, you know, for for those of you out there, like, who are considering things like products, the Think Dirty app, um um you know you can upload on your phone is kind of helpful
0: um for you know household products in general mm-hmm. um but so is the environmental working group by the way you yeah. can also refer to them Yep. But yeah i i 100% agree with you and i think what what happened in that window of time cuz i think you and i went gluten free around the same time so my gluten free journey started in 2007 and i it it was weird to be gluten free you couldn't get you had weird frozen bread and all sorts of, and stuff that you just had to navigate around in various grocery stores but also we we had to actually just learn what it like what was already naturally gluten free and i would say around the, around 5 years into that journey right it's around, around the same time let's say like 2010 11 the gluten free the healthy is to be gluten free or to be healthy is gluten free Train. This actually reminds me. Do you remember growing up um in the '80s? And there was a there was a no, there was a sh, you know a calorie issue. We were also be low cal. Oh yeah. So in order for us, right? And like, so the, do you remember low no f- fat? <laughs> low fat, right? Exactly. So low, no all fat. of us, yeah. So like Swedish fish, jelly beans, you know, hot tamales, all <laughs> had you know like lean low, cuisines. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh lord. I love those things, man though. When I was a kid, I was yeah, like, yeah, it, it's a TV dinner, man. Um that that my mom will buy me because it's healthy. <laughs> Cuz it's
1: got the word lean on it. That's right. That's right. right. But you're not asking yourself is this have good fat instead nutrition. yeah, actual nutrition. It mm-hmm. had seed oils and like all these other things that we you know know are carcinogenic to the body. And so, well, yes, there's yep. these this bigger conversation, right? About, well, labels. And also like, you know, guys, you can be skinny and not be healthy just because you fall in the BMI Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you are in optimal health. And I'm going to start using this more often. Optimal health. All right. right. That doesn't mean that you don't have toxins hanging on your body wreaking havoc. You know, I have a client I just met with yesterday. Skinny as can be, so freaking malnourished, so Mm. exhausted. And you know what the doctors are telling her? You're fine. You're healthy. (laughs) Right? And I was like, no, I'm going to treat you like I would treat a child from a third world nation. You're that malnourished and that malabsorbed. And it takes time to do that. It takes time to be in a place of poor health, whether you realize you're in poor health or not. I mean, how many people out there don't know they don't feel well because they have lived like that for so long?
0: Yeah. No. Exactly. And I, the whole idea too of like you know some people can get away with skipping meals. The the. F- I want to call it a fad, but I, I'm not sure where we'll land with with intermittent fasting. And I have a I really struggle with it. Um, I, I completely respect the idea of just like having a window of time mm-hmm. when we eat and don't eat. I can see the the 12 12. So like between seven and seven I eat. Between seven p.m. and seven a.m. I don't eat. Between seven a.m. and seven p.m. I do eat. And so that just also just like gives our body a chance to digest. I don't think that's a bad Bad habit effect, I, I've probably very similar to how only just a few generations ago our more agrarian societies actually operated. I mean, they were asleep by the sun, by, by yeah. the time the sun was down, and they probably had to get up and deal with livestock without eating much first thing in the morning. And so, you know, I think what we consider now is just like what, what we're trying to reel back, I think, with intermittent fasting a little bit. Is to is this like twenty four seven consumption? You know, we have been such a consumptive society. Um, we just consume media, we consume food, we consume, we consume, we consume products, and so the idea of just reeling that back a little bit, giving our body a break. But then again, the thing I, I really struggle with, especially for us ladies who were struggling with high cortisol levels from high amounts of stress from, from, from too little sleep and not getting enough, um, you know, calories during the day. Um, and then, you know, pummelting our body with a huge meal in the middle of it, assuming that our body can then absorb that and our blood sugar levels and our cortisol levels are going to be able to manage all of that. Um, and maybe going over some, someone's head right now. And I apologize if this doesn't make a lot of sense to you, but th- the idea that Intermittent fasting, you know, at the bottom line is for everyone, is incorrect to assume, first of all. There are different strategies for intermittent fasting. And so if you've done your research at this point and read any pretty um, respectable, you know, practitioners who who can guide you through it, you've heard that there are different paths to take. The risk is doing it willy-nilly. The risk is doing it without assessing your own blood sugar cycles and your own stress levels and your own, you know, need for calories. So anyway, this is to say that like um I will not be intermittent fasting. I need to I burn too many calories throughout the day. Um, I need the stabilization of food and and glucose in my body to keep my nervous system intact. Um and therefore my hormones in, you know, at prime levels and balance. So So that's what's healthy for me. And I've met many people who feel amazing fasting certain parts of the day. And then I watch people who decided that their lose weight plan is to navigate a super reduced number of calories per day and to eat one giant meal in that day. And granted, they're losing weight. But as you and I know, Cheryl, but most I think these other people may not understand is it. like, what, what, what damage are they doing in the meantime? And what, what will become unhealthy? What, what feels healthy now? Because they're, their their goal with, is to lose weight. They're tired of being overweight. They, they, they want to feel better in their clothes. They don't have the time in their mind to do the workouts and to, you know, really pay attention to what they're eating. Um, but if they reduce calories to this level and stop eating, then the then the weight's going to come off. But what's you know? Then my question is like, what the hell happens in like two months when you just want to go back to normal? Um, well, but I think the thing is, is like that's not everybody who is
1: intermittent fasting.
0: You know, no, it's yeah, it's, not. it's not, it's not. You know, so I, I'm watching. <laughs> I, I, I digress on like a on on my soapbox. So i right. I have a friend right now who's, who's doing this. And so I, I worry about how he's feeling and where, where it's all going. But well, I, anyway, you know what, but from my standpoint, like intermittent fasting,
1: it can be good for periods of time. It can be, mm-hmm. it can be great actually for resetting blood sugar mm-hmm. in some sure. people, you know, now, sure. like real talk guys. Women's bodies and men's bodies, they're different.
0: They are. <laughs> they are.
1: Like they just are. You know what I mean? So biochemically, there's some things happening where, you know, um, I think typically men can tend to handle intermittent fasting um a little bit easier than the ladies. And also, like, you know, we ha- we can't discredit hypoglycemia. We can't discredit, you know, certain things. But I do think there is something to that is really important. And just to highlight here is again, no one size fits all, but also there are always variations of things that can be done. And, you know, even for myself, um, I really try to eat in a 12 hour window. Um, that's something I really push to do. I don't believe in late night eating. I don't believe like, I totally believe, you know, I don't even believe in snacking all day because your gut never gets a chance to, digest and to rest and to you know what I mean to process and get hungry again you know so and also that leads to more overgrowths in the gut so when once you're predisposed or you have something overgrowing you're more likely to have other overgrowths just because there's always food fodder there's always something sitting there fermenting in the gut waiting for the microbes to come in and for overgrowth so it's like you're saying hey here overgrowth in the gut Here's another food party. Keep going,
0: right? Well, so- and I was gonna say, and and for those of you who're like overgrowth of what we're talking about microbes here, bacteria, here, bacteria, parasites, yeast. SIBO, mm-hmm. yeast, yes, all that stuff. But also to mention, like, let's add the whole conversation of like if you're not pooping and a really good flow, I and mean, if you're eating all day and not pooping twice a day, like if you're like if you're legit eating a lot and having overnight eating and you're not being able to eliminate that on a, on a thorough (laughs) schedule.
1: (laughs) You're you're trying to be so (laughs) dating guys. You need to poop. Okay. Like at least a bare minimum, one times a day, one, two, three times a day, it should be well-formed The food should be digested. You know, if you're having a flip-flops of constipation and diarrhea, something's going on. If you're not Mm -hmm. taking a crapper every day, something is going on. Like we have to have the conversation. So I was like, I'm just going to go there and help you out. Nancy. No,
0: thank you. (laughs) What I'm trying to say is like, you, you have to poop and, and it has to feel complete. Yeah. And if that seems foreign to you of what a complete feeling, like, Oh wow, that felt complete. Like what is out of my, what was in my lower colon is now out of my lower colon. And that, and there is nothing else behind it that needs to come out. That is a complete poop. Mm, um, so good, it is. It's satisfying. It feels so good. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. <laughs> Anyways, so anyway, so let so the idea here, uh, and I, you know, what I just want to say, I'm going to call myself out here. Is that my concerns over my friend's fasting choices and weight loss choice is my own? I'm putting my own version of healthy on him and i call myself out i i see it i'm i'm worried about him because i am uncomfortable with his strategy he is not uncomfortable with his strategy he seems happy with it he looks great and so i am you know he, i it, we just have to be careful and we have to be and so this is something i want to mention this is a great segue if you'll allow me to talk about health shaming <laughs> So my version of healthy, let's say it again, is not your version of healthy. And we can get those of us who have, you know, found that we have seen the light. This this happened when I was in my 20s and I decided I was going to go vegetarian and I came home from college convincing my entire household, my my parents why? Why are you? Why are you eating this? You don't understand. It's so much more healthy. It's so much better for. I had all my reasons, and I was convincing my mom like she was just going to die, in like like in a heap in a very short amount of time but she didn't go vegetarian. And and I got pushback, right? And rightly so. I came in preaching my own version of health, and assuming that she was going to take the that ball and run with it and just completely change her entire life. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "No, Nancy." <laughs> exactly. Um so you can uh you can take your 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 new your like like basically take your new religion and keep it to yourself. Yeah. So and I think, you know, that there's something to be um Learned there. and and I certainly, looking back on it, I realized that if somebody had come to my table and started telling me that their their you know their newfound religion was going to save my life and I was trying to be converted over dinner, then while I was eating said, you know said other religion, I would have some pushback. And I think the thing that we need to keep in mind is how we judge others, how we preach. How we, you know, how we put on our version of of healthy onto others, and you know, if we don't want it done to us, we can't do it to others. Now, wouldn't you say though, Nadia, that like, you know, we could all sit around being worried about our friends and family, and you know, uh, be a little concerned that, you know, some some of us aren't making the best decisions, and you know, some things can be alarming and over the top. But let me tell you that one of my oldest friends growing up you know, wound up in with a very kind of how you know, she had a she she had an eating disorder and it wasn't that she was like full blown. You know, she was anorexic. Uh, she never binged to my knowledge. She hasn't admitted that to me, but she dealt in struggle with anorexia and body image and body dysmorphia for a very long time and so much of it came from her parents, who were going through the eighties and early nineties, and this extreme low-cal uh, health craze, and you know, so overly concerned as they watch their their pubescent daughter go through all the bodily changes that her body wasn't going to look the way that society sh- should want it to look, how they thought it should look, and put her also on a low-calorie diet, and so. Yeah. And so here we are, here she is, you know, going through her 20s, struggling, 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 self-esteem. And then finally with some therapeutic support discovered, you know, through lots of work that she was finally able to admit that she, she was actually struggling with an eating disorder.
1: Yeah. Well, so. and it can be so complicated, right? It's like fat holds toxins. You know That's what I right. mean? If you're dealing with toxic exposures, right like or even you know thoughts or even trauma or a lot of things like sometimes the body is holding on to fat because it's trying to protect itself you know and then you're getting more toxic so your body is producing more fat you know what i mean there's there's a lot of things that happen right and i think sometimes we try to simplify um you know it's like well if you don't work out and eat like a squirrel and do X, Y, and Z. Well, that's all there is to it. And it's like, yeah, like all those things are fundamental, right? Like fundamental, like those should all be things that we're doing, drinking clean water, drinking, making sure we're well hydrated, making sure, you know, boop, 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 all these different things, a hundred percent. But, and You know, it's also, you know, it's up to the individual what their journey is. I tell all my clients, I like, and I won't work with you. If you come to me and you book a discovery call because you think you want to work with me and you come to me and I ask you in a session and I'm like, do you believe you can heal yourself? If your answer is no, I won't work with you. I'll be like, come back to me when you feel like you're ready because you're not ready. You know what I mean? And that's Okay. Right. But like, that's such a bigger conversation. And, you know, and the other thing with, I think, you know, when we look at others, it's for me, it's really hard. Cause I'm like, now I have the burden of knowledge where I know so much. Um, and you know, and it's, and it's hard, you know, I've made mistakes and missteps at different points. You know, I have some family members going through things right now and they don't, they don't want any advice. Okay. Then you do you, that's your journey. That's your choice. You're adults. You make your adult decisions. I'm happy to help. And, you know, as painful as it is to watch, especially knowing (laughs) some of the things I know, it's like, I'm like, I can't make that decision for you. You know, like you have to do you. And, you know, so it's not to poo-poo anybody. Right. And it's like, I think really at the cusp of most people who are in health and they're in wellness and they've they've seen a different way. It's really just, you know, it's not meant to be judgment. I think for a lot of people, it's because we want to see everybody thriving. We want to see everybody feeling amazing in their bodies. We we hate seeing people struggle because most of us have been through that struggle ourselves, right? And our own healing journeys. You know, most people who do this work have been through their own healing journey for themselves or possibly somebody close and near and dear to them. You know, nothing lives in a vacuum. It's that we've all, seen a different way of doing things and seen that help radically for a good majority of people. And so it's such a bigger conversation, right? When we think about, well, you know, what is it to be healthy? And I'm like, what is it just to be optimal? What's optimal for you? You know, and like, what brings you joy and what are your thoughts and what is, you know, what are your relationships yeah. What's your history? What are your relationships like? What are your energetic boundaries like? Right. There's just so, there's so much more to the whole conversation than just X, Y, and Z. And you could be in a healing journey and have to choose to put up extra boundaries around certain things because that's what serves you in that moment. Does it mean it's going to stay like that forever? No. Can our bodies change? Our biological clock changes every seven years. What I needed when I was 20 is very different than what I needed when I was 30. And my birthday is this weekend, and it's very different than what I'm going to need in my 44th year. That's okay. We, the cool thing is, we get to pivot, we get to change our minds, we get to choose. You know, like you can be, you know, Nancy and I were both former vegetarians. And now I'm like, I'm not going to go back to n- <laughs> probably not going back to not eating meat. That doesn't mean that I won't have a vegetarian meal or I won't eat down or I won't try to moderate and just be mindful of like how much fat I'm taking in because my gall liver, liver and gallbladder are a little sluggish. I, You know what I mean? But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to do that. And it's funny because I'm working with an acupuncturist here in Atlanta. And, um, him and his wife are awesome. His wife's a nutritional counselor. He does acupuncture and Reiki. They team up and it was so funny because they sent me a bunch of you know nutritional recommendations for supporting the liver and supporting kidneys. And I've been on a big, bold journey. I think I've talked about a little bit in the show and um, mold detoxification and heavy metals and glyphosate. And I've gone pretty hard for a long time um, trying to clear stuff. And, you know, and some of the things on there, I'm like, I can lean into this, eat more kidney beans, eat more black beans, eat more blue and purple foods. Love that. And actually I know my body craves blue and purple foods. So I was like, great, I'm going to start eating more purple cabbage and more blueberries and just being a little bit more mindful of like getting those things in. Um, One of the things though, is they were kind of encouraging going vegetarian again. And I was like, I'm not going to do that because I just know it doesn't work for my body. But, and I can minimize a little bit. I can lean a little bit more into wild fish. I can, you know, these are some things that I'm going to do. There were some things on there like, Barley. And I'm like, I'm gluten-free. Like I love barley as a nutritional food. Like I totally see the thinking, but I was like, I know that's not gonna work with my for my body. Just like I'm allergic to eggs. And (laughs) I'm not like that's not as much as I need and want choline and I crave choline, I have to get it from liver and greens and other sources. And just like intermittent fasting, you know, I don't intermittent fast every day, but I usually pick one day on the weekend where I drop my morning meal. I focus on lemon water and I have a day where I eat down to give my body a day and a break. And then I'm mindful that, you know, I'm getting ready to go into the spring season and I'm probably going to do a week of sort of not a full fast, but where I'll probably do just lemon water and herbal tea from the morning until the evening and do a light dinner because my body doesn't work well, not having anything. Um, My blood sugar can't tolerate that. But again, it took me a long time to even figure out like, what does cleaning, you know, giving my liver a break? What does cleaning something out look like for me? What can That's my right. body handle? And yeah. Yeah. And so it's a bigger conversation, yeah. right?
0: No, it is. In fact, I've been struggling, you know, over the years um as I've been ramping up my business and, you know, my hours has been stretched, you know, especially and also having a little one. Um, it was all, you know, st- coming to Atlanta with an eight-month-year-old and then building a business here has sort of been in tandem with having a young child. And so my days were sometimes, you know, especially when she was um, still nursing and, and up and down during the night sometimes or sick, you know, I was having, you know, kind of surviving on four hours of sleep on the regular. And, you know, Greg my husband is you know, has been an avid runner his whole life, and you know and and he he emit a bad sleeper. and um, he would just in order to make it through a night of sometimes poor sleep, he would just get up and run, you know, go for a run. It was helpful. it helped it, it spiked his adrenaline, it got him going. and it, it's in all the the help the some of the happy hormones um, that was, made him feel so good. And, um, he was, and every time I would like hit this wall, I would, he would just say, just go for a run. Nancy. like, you just need some cardio. Like just go move your body. I'm like, dude, if, if I tried to run right now and try to spike, like try to find those reserves and, pull the cortisol that I needed out of my body and spike my adrenaline first thing in the morning after running, after having multiple nights of four hours of sleep, I'm going to collapse. Like, it just... I'm going to pay for it. And you and I are different bodies, you know, it's so much more complicated. And then just to add like, oh, by the way, I'm also having my period this week or I'm about to have my cycle, you know, hey, ladies, I don't know if you can relate to this, but like, you know, I'm a little more tired than normal. I'm feeling a little sluggish. My body just wants to bleed and rest and take it easy, you know, and have more nourishment. And so we're just different creatures. And so like I adore Greg, of course, but I, and and he wants what's best for me. He was just struggling, seeing me feeling so tired, but it's like, dude, I am like stripped of nu- of nutrients because I'm nursing and I'm stripped of sleep because I'm not sleeping and nursing. And, um, and anyway, so like you get the picture. It, it's just, there is this place where, um, we, we want what's best. Once we've drank the, we, we want what's best for our loved ones, but and once we've drank the Kool-Aid of something that works for us, it's super easy to slip into this, you know, I know best, let me tell you, let me preach. And I think as we peel back the onion and go down our own personal journey, we have to be really careful about what we define as healthy and how we use the word healthy. And the reason why we, we wanted to address this topic today is um, one of the things I struggle with is... In my clients and people who are looking to to sign up with my meal delivery, and you know, they're like, um, "I really just we eat so healthy, or, or, or we're really trying to eat healthy." And and I I never know, really know what that means, and so I often stop the people who I'm uh, who I'm interviewing um, as as potential clients to get really clear on what that means, and so. I want to encourage everybody out there to get really clear on what that means for you, and and what it means for the people around you, and the and the, and the people who you love, and the people who you might be trying to uh, health wash <laughs> and green wash, and um, and for you know putting on your your investigative goggles as you're walking through a grocery store or through Target or, you know, shopping on Amazon and being targeted with ads on, on social. It's like, let's just be careful, um, about what, how we're being targeted, um, to make sure that we're making the best choices for us, for our kids, for our aging Mm -hmm. parents and for the, those we love. So, um, Anyway, Cheryl, thanks for like hearing me out here and and allowing me to go into my soapbox. I, I'm just just hitting a wall and I I had to air it out, you know? Yeah. Well, it's
1: good to air it out. And I think it's good for all of us. Like something I've, you know, really tried to lean into also is like, instead of me just always giving advice, me saying Mm -hmm. like, Hey, do you want a piece of advice or can I make a recommendation? Or, you know what I mean? And then people will tell you if they want that information. And sometimes that's helpful, too. So, you know, it's always good to chat things out. Before we finish up this episode, though. Yes. Book recommendations. Yo, yo, yo. (laughs) Guys, we have a book club. It's up on our website. All of our book recs. um, Recommendations from other um, guests that have been on our podcast. Um, You know, Please go there, check them out. Also follow us on Instagram and Stitcher and Spotify, share with your friends, leave us a review. Um, That would be super helpful to us. Um, And we just appreciate people who have been listening to our podcast as it's been growing. And we're really excited about that. So I was thinking through books while we were sitting here talking and I was like, what would I recommend during this time? Like not just the word Healthy, but just the bigger picture, and it actually reminds me of a book I read that's actually fantastic. Um, At the very beginning of functional medicine school, it was the first thing, actually one of the first books uh, recommended to us to read, Um, and that book is called "Just Be Well" by Dr. Thomas A. Salt. It's a thin little read. It's a great little read, but really, like, what does it look like to be well, thriving, optimal? not just okay, not fine, not healthy, not whatever, whatever, whatever things we're slapping on it today, tomorrow, and in the future. Um, So definitely a personal favorite. I highly, I do highly recommend. It's a great little read.
0: Yeah. And I want to add to this conversations. um, One little book that is like half recipes, half philosophy into the, into the, the view of macrobiotics um, and yeah, so it's a, it's a Japanese uh, diet um, or in f- food philosophy. And if you haven't actually listened to our, our newly released interview with, with my dear friend, Michelle Burzak, um, and you're more interested in, in what macrobiotics is, please check that out. Um, she had an entire journey um, with, with the practice and actually in her timing of attending the Kushi Institute in Western Massachusetts, Kushi um, is a Japanese uh, practitioner who brought the theory of macrobiotics to to the U.S. and spread it across um, New York and L.A. and which and then and then established this beautiful institute in the Berkshire Mountains to treat people who were struggling with cancer and 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 um, major health issues, and so. Michelle and I um I saw a lot of Michelle during this time while she was up, up in the Berkshires and I was I was living in New York City and she would just she would come down to New York to to shop and to to attend lectures and stuff that was happening in the city and she would just drop these like information bombs on me and, and about what she was learning and you know just Um, talking it was like my first introduction to the energetics of food to thinking about the simplicity of of eating simple and eating down to eating um, eating the right foods for your health condition and so it was just like you know really I have to like I give so much gratitude for you know that that passed on learning that she was, she was doing with me because it just helped me in small doses, try to wrap my head around like, oh, there's a, you know, when we eat let's just say like one example was when we eat standing up, shoving food into our mouth fast, we're not going to have optimal digestion, optimal dis like unoptimal digestion is going to look like gas is going to look like acid reflux is going to feel uncomfortable. And so we just sort of, it helped me started to really pay attention. So this is all to say that one th- a book I found um, at the Strand bookstore, Cheryl, a little, little shout out to Strand, was, <laughs> it was uh, the Hip Chick's Guide to Macrobiotics. And it could not be more mainstream in a way, but actually, again, in due respect to slowly digesting complicated information. It's called again, the hip chicks guide to macrobiotics. And, um, it gave me some wonderful little recipes and tidbits to sort of like help me on my journey. So I love all the, all Kushi's books are amazing. I have to say guys.
1: Yeah. I mean, even if you're not going macrobiotic, there's some really good gems in any of Kushi's Mm -hmm, work, mm -hmm. um, you know, including, you know, Eating seaweed and making sure we're getting enough minerals, and you know, so much, so much we could gab, gab, gab about. But, and, (laughs) yes, it is the end. (laughs) So, (laughs) we thank everybody for being here, and we hope to catch you guys again very soon here on Peeling the Onion. Again, spread the word, like us on social media, follow us, like us on the podcasts, leave us a review, check out our book club tag a friend and we'll see you guys next time. All right, guys, keep peeling back the onion. Sayonara. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Peeling the Onion podcast. If we've inspired you to take the next step in your healing journey, please leave us a review
0: on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. You can also find us on Instagram and online at peelingtheonionpodcast.com. Music by Greg Dijazoo and podcast production by Nova Media. Until next time, keep peeling the onion.